Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andy's Season 4, Episode 3. Uh, my name is Andy Balaam and this is... Andy Cockerell. And the film we're going to talk about tonight is... The Killing of a Sacred Deer. And I'm going to tell you what that film is without having seen it or know anything about it just from the title. Um, I can tell from the title this is a really irritating film that I'd never want to watch in a million years. Very worthy... <laughs> Uh, long, uh, containing a great deal of emotional labour. I don't know what it's about, um, but it prominently features moping. Um, and snaking. And long, silent uh, shots, uh, slowly zooming in on the face of a character. Hmm, okay. <laughs> Am I basically right on the money? You're almost on the money. <laughs> Almost. Uh-huh. Let's, have, let's have some context. <laughs> before you get to rubbish it completely. Okay. okay. Um, so this is a 2017 psychological supernatural horror film. Oh, well, that's, that's already better than I thought it was. I have your interest all yeah. of a sudden. Um, directed by Yorgos Lanthimos which uh, our listeners will know. We've already done one of his movies before. Oh, does that mean I ought to know? Uh, probably not, no. Did you do it without me? Uh, pardon? Did you do it without me? No, I never, I've never. i never done a good Robert Allies without you. Unlike you, yeah. I only do them with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He said in a pointed way. Uh-huh. Um, I'll let you be on so- that one. Yeah, uh, Lanthimos previously directed The Lobster. Ah, yes. That we talked about a couple of years ago, I think. Um, So this is his latest. Uh, Uh It also stars Colin Farrell, um, who clearly likes working with him. Oh, was that? He was in The Lobster as well. He he was the main character in The Lobster, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, But it also stars Nicole Kidman. Who's uh-huh. on very, very good form indeed. Right, she's good when she's good. She's really good in this, yeah. Um, Barry Keegan, I think his name is. Uh, Rafi Cassidy. Sonny Sulich. And Alicia Silverstone, who I haven't seen on film for a long time. What's she out of? What's she out of? Um, she was Batgirl in Batman and Robin. Uh, which I doubt that you've seen. I have seen it. <laughs> I haven't seen Batman and Robin, no. I think uh, in an alternate reality, I was kidnapped and forced to watch Batman, Batman and Robin against my will. You can blame the fact that you you have a radio show. Yes, that's the only reason that I've seen it. Yeah. But it is, I mean, oh. I mean, it's it's the, it's the kind of thing where you watch it and you think, how did George Clooney have a career after this film? Because he is Batman in it. Is he? Yeah. Wow. How did he manage to salvage that and Does forge Does it have ahead? like a knowing sense of irony? Oh, definitely. It's camp as Christmas. Uh-huh. Well, maybe um, that's how. But it's, it's not got, camp in a good way. No. It's got nipples on the bat suit, for goodness sake. <laughs> They're not necessary. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah. Okay, so I'm sure that Alicia Silverstone has done stuff since then that's been not bad. Uh-huh. Not rubbish. Um, but I haven't seen her in anything for a long time so it's good to see her in something right right. Um, so this came out 
last year, uh, late last year, mm-hmm. and it had very, very good reviews indeed. I was looking forward to watching this, and it's only just come out on uh, DVD and Blu-ray, so it's taken a little while to arrive. Like the old days. Just like the old days, yeah, that's right. So this is, it says in the blurb, I didn't realise this, but it says in the blurb that it's loosely based on the ancient Greek play, uh, and I'm probably going to get this wrong now, Iphigenia at Aulis by Euripides. Iphigenia at Aulis. Which sounds like a concept album by Yes or something. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a G? My Latin teacher would have said Iphigenia. Well, okay, so if that's good then. So you've just corrected me correctly. Iphigenia at Aulis. Aulis? Right. Aulis? By Euripides. By, by Euripides, yeah. Yeah, I don't know it. Nor do I. But, I'm, um, I'm up on most of Euripides' plays, but not that one. Okay, so maybe this is one of the um, the less performed ones. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure I could name one of the other ones. No. Oh, actually, uh, well, I'm not. I'm not going to go into that now. So, I think I may have. <laughs> I think I may have been involved in Medea, but I don't think that's Euripides, is it? Medea. No idea. Else. Anyway. No idea. Anyway. Um, is it a bit this... like how um, that film with George Clooney, the Coen Brothers film? Oh yeah. Oh brother. Oh brother. Where <laughs> oh brother. Where are there? Is it like is... that one? It's based no. on... No. Ulysses? So that, What's it based yes. on? No. It is based on... It is, is it based Ulysses? On, yeah. 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 It's no, like that. No, hang on. Is it based on the Iliad? I think it might be... Which one, has, which one has John Goodman in? That's the one you're thinking of. Yeah, he plays the Cyclops. Yeah. Which one has the Cyclops in is what I meant. Oh, now you're asking. Uh, I think that is... That's the, the Iliad. Iliad. That's the Iliad. Yeah. I think it's the Iliad. Yeah. And that, uh, like, if we had more than one listener, every single one of them would be screaming at their well, you see, MP3 um, player right see, now. Unlike Boris Johnson, I didn't study classics at uh, at university, right? Um, which would make me automatically suitable to be foreign secretary. Right. Uh, okay. I uh, also didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. No. Um, That's the only reason that I'm unsuitable for high office. Well, exactly. If you were studying classics, which obviously prepares you for high office, yeah, i.e. you know about the common man and, you know, yeah. the struggles that they go through. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like the Cyclops. <coughs> yes, Why does exactly. no one ever think of the Cyclops as family? He's got one eye. All you need to do is stab him in the eye and you've won. And he stumbles around going, my eye, my beautiful eye. But have you won, really? In a slightly German accent, Who's which won? is a bit weird. It's a ridiculous idea, isn't it, the Cyclops? <laughs> I don't know, I've never really thought about it. Well, it's just silly. It's got one eye. All you need to do is, re- <laughs> is take out that eye and you've won. Yeah, but he's big. <laughs> yeah, he's big. <laughs> he's that's big. it. <laughs> that's it. He's big but and he's hungry. normally good enough. He's big, he's hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a rhyme, but I can't think of one at the moment. He's big, he's hungry... He's very, very angry. That's not bad. Yeah. Eminem would make that rhyme. Yeah, he would, yeah, but I can't yeah. do it because I'm not Eminem. Yeah. Why not? Man, a few people are. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I'm so in a funny I, mood tonight. Can that's continue? Right. That's okay, no, no, it's fine. Um, 
so uh, you know now knowing that this is based on a um a greek presumably Iliad. tragedy uh it makes more sense of the story okay because it's a bit watched weird. it over the, yes it is a bit weird okay. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, so the, the 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 synopsis is is that Colin Farrell's character, who is called Stephen Murphy, mm-hmm. is a skilled cardio. Oh, blimey, I, I, I'm going to have to take a run at this one as well. <laughs> cardio thoracic <laughs> surgeon. Yeah, sounds right. Uh, who is um, an open you know open heart surgeon? Yeah. Um, um, the first time we see him, he is finishing open heart surgery, which we see on screen. That's the uh-huh. first thing you see. So we were sitting down eating pizza on Friday evening and we're presented <laughs> with open heart surgery. There you go. <laughs> Straight in. Thank you very much. Um, uh, he later goes to, to a diner where he meets a teenage boy named Martin. And his relationship with that boy, Martin, is... Not explained at all. They have a kind of stilted conversation. Um, Colin Farrell's line delivery is very stilted. Mm-hmm. And it remains stilted throughout the film. Sort of robotic. I'm thinking of Colin Firth, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, they're completely help, different. Help me think of the right person. <laughs> help you think of Colin Farrell. Yeah. What would you have seen Colin Farrell in? don't know. Um, have you seen Minority Report? Yeah. Okay, so he was in that as the as the cop. Okay, uh, who's on Tom Cruise's tail? I mean, he's on he's on a lot of stuff. He's um he's a really 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 good actor, Colin Farrell. He's one of one of my faves. Um, Okay, but his line delivery in this sort of dynamic. Okay, yeah. So his line delivery in this, he's normally, I'd say, as an actor, quite effusive, quite Mm -hmm. you know, driven by emotional connection to the role. But Mm -hmm. in this. He seems to be completely disconnected from it. And that's obviously by design. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's the director saying, you know, I want this guy to be robotic in the way that he does everything in mm-hmm. all of his, um, all of the interactions, including the ones with his family. Mm-hmm. Um, so his relationship with this boy, Martin, is not clear for quite a long time. Okay. Do, when you see them, does, do they know each other or... They do seem to know each other, yeah. Okay, they seem okay. to be sharing details of stuff that's happened previously that we haven't seen. Okay. Um, and I was unsure about what they were doing there, whether mm-hmm. he was like... Because um, Colin Farrell alludes to... <clears throat> well, not alludes to, but references his family. He's got children and a wife. Okay. So I thought, okay, so is this kid... Like a kid from a previous marriage, and he's meeting up with him, maybe, mm-hmm. or is there something more sinister going on here? And I wasn't really sure. It keeps you guessing mm-hmm. about their relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, you then uh, you see him interact with Mark, this kid Martin and his mum, played by Alicia Silverstone, and that uh, relationship is Batman and Robin. Pardon. Out of Batman and Robin. Yes, indeed. Out of Batman and Robin, yeah. Um, and their relationship is also kind of weird. She becomes very familiar with him and he immediately jumps up and says, I have to go home now. Well, I have to go home now. That's how he delivers the mm-hmm. line. I have to go to my family. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes back to his family. Then we meet the family. So we meet mum, who's mum and wife, who's Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. 
and his two children. He's got a boy, a younger boy and an older girl. Um, and then Martin, he introduces them to Martin and explains the relationship to Martin. Okay. <coughs> to them. And it transpires that Martin is the son of one of his patients and uh, this uh, man died um, when he was under his care. Right, right, right. Uh, in in a situation that maybe shouldn't have happened. Right. But did. And maybe Colin Farrell's character now feels a sense of, um, maybe not guilt, but maybe a sense of, uh, he feels ob- an obligation to kind of be yeah. a kind of father figure for this boy because he feels... He possibly feels responsible. It's hard to tell how he's feeling. And that's what mm-hmm. that's what drives this movie, really, is trying to figure out what's going through Colin Farrell's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what then transpires is that um, uh, Colin Farrell's son, the younger son, whose name is Bob, he says that he can't feel his legs anymore. He feels paralysed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it appears that he is genuinely paralysed. He can't move, so he gets moved okay. to hosp- he gets moved to hospital where he won't eat. Um, he won't do anything until uh, the daughter also falls prey to the, whatever this is. And it's at this point that the boy Martin says to Colin Farrell's character, uh, "I'm responsible for this." Uh, and I'm paying you back for the fact that you let my father die. <laughs> okay. And what's going what's to happen is, is that they've both got this disease and you need to make a decision about which one's going to die. <laughs> and you're going to know when they die because blood will come from their eyes and that's when they're about to die. And then you need, need to make a decision about which one dies first, which one survives. And uh-huh. that, so this happens. Um, and then things spiral out of control quite slowly, actually. Quite a slow-burning spiral in which they kidnap Martin, they keep him in their basement, and they basically try and beat the truth out of him, which he just won't give them. Mm-hmm. He won't give anything up about how to stop this. Mm-hmm. Um, so apart from what he's already told him, which is that you know, one of them is going to die... Um, so then, um, the girl becomes, uh, prior to this, the girl had become really obsessed with Martin, Mm -hmm. like really unnaturally obsessed with him. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene when both her and Bob are in the hospital and she's supposed to be paralyzed, but she stands up, she goes to the window to talk to Martin, who's out in the car park on her mobile phone. Mm -hmm. And... She claims that he's out there, but when when Mum, played by Nicole Kidman, goes to the window, she can't see anything. There's nobody out there, and then mm-hmm. the girl collapses on the floor. So there's a there's a sense of slow burning horror, a sense of mm-hmm. unease about this film, and then the climax of the movie is is that Nicole Kidman's character she she lets Martin go. Um, because okay, she realizes, well, she realizes it's pointless just keeping him there. Mm-hmm. He's not going to give them anything, and then 
um, Colin Farrell's character, he ties them all up in the living room in like mm-hmm. um, like a clock face. So like one at 12 o'clock, one at three, one at six, and one at nine around him. He's this got a rifle. His wife and kids. Yes. Right. He, he's got a rifle. He puts like pillowcases over their heads so they can't see him. Mm-hmm. Then he blinds fine poles himself. He loads the gun and he spins around and he fires randomly. Mm-hmm. Presumably so he doesn't take any responsibility for who gets killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is this is heart-stopping stuff. I, I would, dis- I would um, compare this scene to the scenes of Russian roulette in a movie called The Deer Hunter, which you may have heard of. I have heard of it. Which are heart-stopping and heartbreaking at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, might, I might talk about that at the end after I've talked about this movie. But um, mm-hmm. um, so he spins around, <coughs> he fires off a couple of shots which, which miss. So you believe you still believe that he has to pick one and the other one will be okay. He seems to believe this. Yeah, mm-hmm. he seems to believe it, and therefore. We kind of do as well. The audience kind of does as well, but we also think that, well, Bob has started bleeding from his eyes, so mm-hmm. this has started happening. Mm-hmm. So Colin Farrell thinks he has no choice. If Bob dies, then presumably the girl will die too, so he's got to, to do something. Okay. <coughs> so he spins around, and with his final shot, he shoots Bob, and Bob dies. Mm-hmm. And um, that is, uh, it's, um, you know, it's shocking stuff, that, that, that almost final scene. Then the final scene in the movie is, you see the family, just the three of them, so Colin Farrell, Nicole Kidman and daughter, mm-hmm. in a diner, presumably, her daughter's called Kim, uh, in a diner, and Martin comes in and sits near them just looks at them and then leaves. And mm-hmm. then the three of them get up and walk out because Kim has res- has regained the, the use of her legs. <coughs> and then the film ends. And uh, it's really unsettling and spooky. Um, it got right under my skin, actually. I watched it over the weekend uh, with my wife. Um, and even though the... You know, the subject matter is troubling and much like, I suppose much like the lobster, although I think the lobster has a lighter touch to it than this does. Mm -hmm. (coughs) The lobster does have moments of black comedy, Mm -hmm. whereas there aren't really any of those in here. This is, um, this is pretty bleak. Well, it's a Greek tragedy, isn't it? You know, it's pretty bleak stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Having said all that, having said the fact that it's bleak and doesn't have much of a sense of humour, it's magnetic watching. You can't take your eyes off it because mm. you really want to know what the heck is going on. Mm. Um, and Colin Farrell's performance is consistently great because it's hard to sustain that that you know that single note performance. Unless you're a, a terrible actor, in which case the performance is bad. <laughs> um, but his performance is really good. You know, he, he conveys 
emotion and you know what what he's feeling without actually changing much of the tone of his voice he manages to get points across and uh, it's it's quite something also Nicole Kidman is terrific mm-hmm. um, really terrific so the lobster had quite a clear social meaning yes definitely yeah definitely um, I, I can't yet figure out whether there's some meaning to this I think I probably have to have a look at the synopsis of the Greek tragedy to see what the meaning of it is. Um, but I think that there's there's a couple of ways that you could read it. Um, one of them is the Old Testament thing, the sins of the fathers will be visited upon the sons, mm-hmm. which is kind of messed up, messed up part of the Old Testament. Uh, you could read it like that if you wanted to. <coughs> um so the the implication being that he did he, he did, did something, something wrong. wrong and he's getting yeah he punished deserved. yeah punished mm-hmm. for it you could you could read it like that um you could also read it just as a straight horror movie mm-hmm. and say that martin is unhinged and does have kind of some kind of supernatural power mm-hmm. you could read it like that as well well actually either way he does have some kind of supernatural power you know he's not he's um there's something going on there that's not right. Right, it doesn't, yeah, it's not leaving it open that maybe this was all a poisoning I, or something. No, for me, it doesn't look like that because they yeah. both fall foul to the, exactly the same symptoms. Mm-hmm. And there's no way, I, I don't think there's any way, you know, having watched the film, that he could have poisoned them in some way that would cause this. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, yeah, it sounds like the film's not interested in no leaving that ambiguous, really. No, no, not. I don't think so, no. It seems pretty clear that he is a supernatural force. Mm-hmm. And that is chilling in itself because in the way that stuff, like you know, films like The Omen, for example, mm-hmm. um, although The Omen is a pretty hokey film, I love it. It takes its subject matter quite seriously, doesn't it? And that's yeah. what makes it work. Uh, yeah. That's what makes it work really well. And that's the same in the case of this film, is that it's not jokey. It's not winking at the camera. Mm-hmm. Everybody's absolutely on board with this story. And we used to have a uh, scorecard for horror films Yeah, um, in my student house called the BB Splatter Index. The what what? The Splatter Index. Okay, okay. And uh, one of the elements that scored you a point was uh, Scary Children. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this would... Yeah, the Omen scores very highly there, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, surely that's the granddaddy of uh, Scary Children. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's Children of the Corn. Yeah, that's a a, a good one. Yeah. There's a surprising number of Scary Children. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Malachi. He wants you too, Malachi. I think Children of the Corn actually holds up quite well now. I don't think I've seen Children of the Corn. Have you not? No, it's good. It's good fun. It's, it's um, supposed to be brilliant. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, Carrie. Carrie's a good. Yeah. Uh, although they're not children, are they? They're they're teenage teenagers, but. No, you're probably just about counts. Just about counts. Firestarter is another one. With Drew Barrymore, that's a good one. Uh, and then there's um, The Shining, with yeah. Red Ram. Red Ram. Red Ram. Yeah, the twins up. in The Shining. Oh, amazing. man. Yeah. The Shining is just Actually, brilliant. 
another thing uh, another thing on the splatter index was bleeding walls oh yeah so i think uh evil dead 2 would score highly there yeah yeah um and also the shining yeah yeah although yeah that takes it a bit further <laughs> just a bit yeah the whole <laughs> corridor full of blood yeah uh, also um the recent movie adaptation of uh, Stephen King's It. Right. Does that have bleeding walls? Yeah, an entire bathroom, yeah. Right. Uh-huh. That's really gross. Another That's thing a really we had... good film, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. Another thing we had was comedy decapitation. Oh, now there you go. And The yeah. Omen Part 2, is it? Uh, no, maybe Part 1. I think it's... Yes, yeah, Part 1. It's um, David In Warner gets decapitated by a... Pane of glass. Yeah, while well, he's driving, is it? It's no. He's standing mm. still. The car, um, the it's handbrake comes off, off and right. the glass flies off the back. It's really contrived, yeah. but it works really yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the omen is a little bit like um, what's the film where they should have died on the aeroplane and they didn't? So oh, their death like final destination. Find yeah, it's sort of like a, a final destination in the way that the the deaths. Are, Contrived, yeah, Not quite like Final Destination. But. I haven't seen any of those Final Destination. Are they any good? Well, the first one's okay. It, it's, um, it was just as things were starting to get shouty bangy. Okay. So there's not there's not a lot of weight to it, but it's it's decent. Okay, it's yeah. a little bit creepy, but it does get slightly contrived. There's a there's a bit where someone. Get they look. It looks like they're going to be electrocuted in the bath, but then they get strangled by the cord or something. You know, there's like it gets a bit, a bit silly. That's a bit lame. It's all right. Yeah. Okay. It's good. It's good for its ending. Okay. Because um, they think they finally made it, and then the ending is just something slamming into the camera, and that's the end. <laughs> it works quite nicely. Okay. I was trying it's to think. Right. Of other movie decapitations. Oh, um, Evil Dead 2. He cuts off his girlfriend's head with a chainsaw. Yeah. There's quite a lot of decapitations. Yeah. Yeah. I think we may also have had cutting off your own hand. Oh, that's Evil Dead 2. And that is Evil Dead 2. Who's laughing now? Who's who's (laughs) laughing now? (laughs) Oh, that's so good. I haven't seen that for so long. I love that film. It's just so extreme and so silly. Yeah. It's terrific. <laughs> I think anybody who hasn't seen that is missing out. Yeah, you should watch that. Yeah. So, listener, yes, if you sir. haven't seen Evil Dead 2 or The Omen uh, or The Shining, maybe we should have maybe a classic... we'll put you in the cellar. In the fruit cellar. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should have a classic uh, horror movies. Uh, podcast where we yeah discuss them in more where we detail. do this <laughs> yeah where we do this but we do it for a whole podcast yeah that's a good idea um, so I think uh, going back to um, I tell you what people love a top ten we should do a top ten oh yes we should yeah okay let's do that let's do it Let, let's compile a top ten it'll what? take us twenty five years to agree on the top ten what should <laughs> and we then com- we'll do it what what's the criteria though is it um, Top ten decapitations in horror movies, or <laughs> oh, we could do so many. <laughs> I know. Um, I was going to say top ten classic horror films. Oh, classic! So, what what constitutes a classic? Um, when 
What we're we talking about? Uh, a year, a, uh, you know, the year that they were made, or yeah, when I stopped being a teenager. Okay. They when basically was... stopped making films in so my head. When was that? Like um... that was ninety-seven. Oh, okay, okay. So we can go up to ninety-seven. All right, that's a good cut-off. What do you think? Well, why don't yeah. say 20th century, then? Why don't we say 20th century? All right, 20th century horror movies. Yeah, and then if we enjoy it, we can do another top ten of the best impalements. <laughs> the best impalements, the best... The best decapitations. Uh, the best, yeah. Um, the best self... Um, there's a good impalement in Lost Boys. Is there? <coughs> yeah, the very end. There's a good impalement in... The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I haven't seen that. Is it any good? Yeah, it's all right, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is what it is. It's, it's a, it's a formula thriller. Isn't it a kind of thriller. fatal attraction type thing? Yeah. It's a thriller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Formula yeah. thriller. Um, but it kind of was one of the ones that made the formula. Okay. Yeah. No, I've not seen that, but I've heard it's pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Okay, so let's do a... let's For, for our next podcast... Yeah. Let's do a. We have to decide 10, the top ten. Just to agree it before. Maybe, maybe you just tell me because I, you're the expert. Shall I compile a list then, up to ninety-seven? Yeah, I'll help, and but it's your decision you, you because can, you're the expert. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll compile a list, and you can suggest some others. Maybe I'll compile a list of twenty, and then we can whittle them down. A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, that's a good one. Let's yeah. not do it now. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go back to killing of the sacred deer. Yeah. Let's, ra- let's so, wrap it up. Let's let's wrap right, this up. So, here's my question. Yes. Uh, uh, why is it worth? Why is it worth it? What does it teach us something? Does it make us feel something? Mm. It makes us feel unsettled. Uh huh. Is that worth yeah. it? Yeah, it is because it's visually very interesting. Uh-huh. It's got terrific performances. It's a grown-up horror movie. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. And the, and we should talk I know more the, about. There are a few of those around, but this isn't. This isn't a multiplex horror film. This is a grown-up mm. horror movie. We should talk more about grown-up horror movies because when we talk about things that we liked in the twentieth century, yeah, we might find that they're not as grown-up as we thought they were at the time. No, maybe not. <laughs> and maybe we need. We ask for something different from a horror film as we got older. Well, I think there's plenty of good horror post-97 that is grown up and takes itself seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can think of a few examples off the top of my head. The Babadook is a good example of that. I haven't seen that. It's really good. But that's another movie that's very unsettling and gets in mm. your head. Mm. Um, and like all really good ghost stories, it's about loss and... Mm. And not moving on after a terrible loss, mm-hmm. and what that does to you—it's uh, mm-hmm. about that. In the same way that what's that movie? The Others. That's about that as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think Good the ba- I think the Babadook is a bit more. It's a bit more of a visceral experience than the others, mm-hmm. but it is about the, the same Michelle, kind of thing. Michelle Pfeiffer Pardon? film, where she is. Oh, she's in an old house, and there's a lake. What lies beneath? Yeah, that's good. That's, a bit that's ghosty, Harrison Ford, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is ghost. It is a bit ghosty. Yeah, I liked that. Actually, I was talking I about find, that with uh, my wife the other day. All right. 
I find dead bodies really scary, which is the main thing I find scary about ghost films because they're sort of dead bodies. And in What Lies yeah. Beneath, there's a load of dead bodies in the lake, and I find it really scary. Yeah, it's a good movie, that. Yeah, I, I, was, I wasn't expecting much from it, and it actually it delivered mm. pretty well. Well, she's just brilliant, so... She, I mean, she's in some horrific films. Oh, yeah. But yeah. you'd watch them for her. Yeah, because she's great. In Mother. Mother! Mother! Yeah, that's another grown-up horror film, isn't it? Very much so. I saw a funny tweet from David Baddiel, which All said, right. um, I'm watching the movie Mother. Is there a support group I can ring? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which, which I thought was incredibly apt. It's like, can I just phone someone and get them to talk me through it? And just tell me everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Because it is like that. It's like, oh, I'm stuck in this film. I can't stop watching it, but yeah. it's really messing with my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wrap up. Uh, I think Mother's gonna the, be one of those. Sorry, I think I'm, Mother's gonna be one the, of those um, films that we come back to quite often. I think it's. I think this is very likely. Yes. So um, go on, wrap up. Okay, so. On the Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 80% rating, which is pretty good. Uh-huh. Uh, and the consensus says that it continues director Yorgos Lanthimos' stubbornly idiosyncratic streak uh-huh. and demonstrates again that he is a talent not to be ignored. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. It's really good. I'm just seeing what it won. At Cannes in 2017, it won Best Screenplay. Uh, which is to do, not to be sniffed at. Do something based on Greek stuff. You don't get that much. No, you don't. Directly based on Greek things. Yeah. I feel um, a bit disappointed that he didn't do something directly social commentary because I thought what he was trying to say with Lobster, if I understood it right, which I haven't seen, um, was an interesting thing to say and something that's not being said that much. The, yeah, the Lobster is a very clear social comment so yeah. yeah I'd like to hear more very direct social commentary that's kind of stands out from the crowd yeah maybe next time I think the, I think the killing of a sacred deer is less of that and more of the horror it wasn't as worthy as I thought it was going to be from the title okay it's really good sounds alright but it is very unsettling it will get under your skin I like in, that. In the way that Under the Skin got under my skin. And I still think about that film. Um, in fact, somebody was talking again on Twitter the other day about films that they couldn't watch in one go. Mm-hmm. And somebody said that they had to turn Under the Skin off because it, it creeped them out so much. Really? And I can understand that. I've never turned off a film because... I never turned off a film but wanted to watch it later. If I turned it off, it's because I didn't want to watch it. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, I can, I can understand someone taking a second pass at it, though, because Under the right. Skin is really... Uh, there's a scene, I think I talked about it on this podcast, actually, where the alien, played by Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. she goes to a beach and she and looks sees... At the baby. Yeah, the baby crying on the beach with its parents have just drowned and just, just looks at it. And that is just... It's just so... Inhuman. Mm. That 
you want to reach into the screen to pick the baby up to comfort it, mm. but you can't. Uh, and she's just staring at it. And um, that I think that's the point that this person said that they turned it off mm. because it was just too much. They did. They did go back and watch the rest of it, but. Um, mm. I can understand that. I did find that scene to be really troubling. And it is mm. that way intentionally. Yeah. No, it's... So we talk about some jolly old films on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we do. We don't always talk about um, massively challenging stuff. We talked about uh, The Red Turtle. Yeah, that was good. And um, Song of the Sea. And... Yeah, I um, did see the red turtle. Kubo and the two strings, which is fantastic. Yeah, I hear about that from time to time on Radio Four. I think that in, that's broken through into some kind of audience. I've, oh, did you? Where did you hear about it on Radio Four? I have no idea, but someone mentioned. Someone it mentioned somewhere. it. Oh, okay, that's cool. I think it was Radio Four. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's really good. I watched. Um, what did I watch last week? Oh, uh, Early Man, which is the latest Ard Man animation oh, yeah really is it okay yeah it's good i liked it oh okay yeah it's it's light I, and frothy you know it's not challenging at all right the impression i got from it is purely because it was it, it did some kind of advertising tie-in with some someone like mcdonald's or someone oh really well yeah mm. and i was like oh, okay nick part's got to eat yeah but can't mm. you do that by making films Yes. It's a job. Yes. You should write to him. Say, hey, Nick Park, stop taking McDonald's money, man. Yeah. <coughs> Sold out. Although he might not have it's had It's my business to tell you what you should do with your life. Yeah, man. man. Stop taking money from the man, man. That's what Twitter is for. To tell That's other people their business. Yeah, to, uh, to be um, self-righteous. Mm-hmm. Tell other people what they should be doing. Yeah. Um, I think... I think that's it. Is that it? Yeah, we've got our next podcast uh, subject. Sorted. Yes. <laughs> Actually, listener, cool. listeners, uh, if yeah. you've got any suggestions... Chime in. Please chime in. Should we give them uh, a date? Yeah, okay. You have until Monday the 18th of June to tweet at... Good Robot Andes, I think it is. Anyway, whatever our Twitter handle is, I think, I think it it's is, at yeah. Good Robot Andes. You can it find is. it on our About page. Um, suggesting a film that will be included in our top ten lineup, assuming our resident expert That's me. feels that the, the film <laughs> is uh, worthy of inclusion. Well, okay, so... We will, we will include it. I think that we'll, we'll have a top ten. Uh-huh. And if there's anything that doesn't make the top ten that we think is worth talking about, then we will talk about it. Including if people tweet. If if you tweet us anything, yeah, we'll, we'll include it, it in the extra section, even if we trash it. Yes. How's that for a deal? Yeah, so if you if you suggest something that is blatantly rubbish, we'll still talk about it. Yeah. We'll <laughs> flame it. We'll flame it completely. We'll flame it. Flame we'll real get burger. Our, we'll get our massive internet following. Trashed. To, Overnight, Twitter bully you. <laughs> oh, like that poor. Honestly, that, that was a poor, joke. By the way, we won't. I know. That. Yeah, we're not going to do that. But I was just going to talk about the um, the Star Wars, uh, the actress who was in Star Wars, Kelly Kelly Marie Tran, right, who I plays a, 
slightly heard, but I didn't really hear what happened. Okay, so she plays a character called Rose in um, The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. um, who some internet trolls, basement-dwelling slugs, mm-hmm. have decided they don't like this character, mainly because, hey, she's a woman and she's got agency and mm-hmm. she can think for herself. Um and have they gone and confused a fictional character with a human being? Hey, do you know, I think they might have done that, yeah. <laughs> Oops. How yeah, careless. I know. I know, how careless, yes. But uh, she has um, removed her Instagram account because she was getting so much hate spam. And it just makes me despair of these people. It really does. <sighs> I just don't understand it. I've never felt strongly enough about anything... To want to take to Twitter and to trash someone on Twitter and say... Try to make someone else sad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Exactly. I just don't understand it. I don't understand it. And I really admire David Baddiel, who gets an awful lot. That's the second time I've talked about it on this podcast. But (laughs) he is funny on Twitter and he doesn't put up for anything from um, usually anti-Semitic trolls who troll him. And instead of um, just putting up with it and blocking them, he he, uh, doesn't retweet them, he screenshots them, and then he tears them down publicly. (laughs) I guess that's the way. Yeah. We used to say don't feed the trolls, and that doesn't seem to be the right thing to do. It doesn't really. And he doesn't feed them, he publicly shames them. Yeah. And uh, they go Maybe away. that's the right thing to do. Yeah, he publicly shames them. And then they get was ridiculed it, by all his followers. So, Was it International Women's Day today? I thought I saw someone tweeting about it. Uh, I think it was last year, actually, or earlier this year. Well, it's every year. Oh, yeah. But yeah, but I don't... Yeah, I, I think someone it's mentioned been, something about it, sure but I don't think in, it is. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah, it was quite recently, wasn't it? Because it's... Anyway, I like Richard Herring's International Women's Day work. <laughs> <laughs> Where he points men who say, why isn't there an International Men's Day? Oh, that's every day. Uh, politely to the fact that there is an International Men's Day. Yeah, there is. <laughs> and he tells them the date of it. <laughs> I remember that, yes, on Twitter, yes. And he did that a lot, didn't he? Yeah, he does that every year. Yeah, it's really All day. funny. It's like, why isn't there an International Men's Day? Yeah, there is. This is the there date. Is. Go away. I think it's sometime in October. Yeah. Uh, okay do some plugging okay so um this has been a very enjoyable podcast by the way good yeah Not, i've enjoyed it it's gonna be good i'm slightly good. unhinged i took a second antihistamine earlier so. oh that, that's a gateway to bigger things you know <laughs> it's a different type for a figure you can mix them fine i'm i'm pretty sure you're wrong about that but um listener advisory you can't mix them don't try it don't try it kids it'll all end in tears yeah um, you'll be uh, out on the roof shooting at passing traffic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yes, I present a uh, radio show on uh, Glastonbury FM in the Glastonbury Street and Wells area of Somerset. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on a Thursday. goes out between 6 and 7 p.m. It's a movie reviews, local cinema listings, movies that are on TV at the weekend, DVD picks, I sometimes have a live guest. Mostly I don't have live guests because uh, it's a lot of work setting up live guests, as you can probably imagine. <laughs> Who's got time for that? Who's got time for all of that? Because I have to do all the admin myself. 
Yeah. Um, it's, it's much better to just slice off another slice of pure gold. Exactly. Exactly. So, that, yeah, that goes out live between 6 and 7 p.m. There are podcast highlights. I just compiled the latest today and uploaded them. They're on uh, the internet. They're on the internet. So if you search for movie mashup, that's one word. No camel case, no caps. You'll find them. I currently have 44 subscribers. Wow. So they're gradually going up, which is good news. Better than going that's amazing. down. Um, that's, that's it. That's my plugging. Maybe we should put the Good Robot Andy's on some kind of uh, podcast platform that tells you how many subscribers you've got. Yeah, I think we need that. I think we need that. And then we'd know how many subscribers we had. But that might be depressing. <laughs> it might be. It might be. Uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't do that. But if we do that, will we lose our current subscribers if we have to move it somewhere? I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't probably know. best not to. If anyone listens, let us know. Yeah, that's a good idea. If you listen and you know anything about podcasting and where you can get stats, because iTunes give us nothing. I just meant don't tell if you, you listen, about how many let subscribers us know. Oh, I see. Yes. <laughs> just mean let us know. Just let us know. Just let us know, okay? Uh, I, want, yeah. I want a bit Keith Richards then. Uh, just let us know. Just let us know. Um, uh, yeah, so I... Uh, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about I do talks about programming topics so like I I find out about new programming languages quite often and talk about how to use them one of my popular series is about scheme which is a type of lisp programming language I also um wrote a series of articles I've been doing stuff about how to write a programming language I wrote a little programming language and um I did some some videos about that but I've now started publishing a series on the same thing in the magazine Overload, which is the magazine of the ACCU uh, programmers organisation. So um, have a look on the internets for that. Overload is available to download as a PDF. Um, oh, cool. And I also actually made a new video recently, which I've realised I haven't done for a long time. So there's Ooh. a new video on my YouTube channel about Groovy. Uh, and in particular, oh, how Groovy, yes. okay. Groovy gets used in things, other types of things like Jenkins files and Gradle files. Yes, it does. And yes. To, to do that, they do all kinds of weird, clever stuff. So I tried to explore in Groovy what that weird, clever stuff actually was and explain it in the video. So if, that, oh. if that's interesting to you, that sounds good. Check out my YouTubes. The tubes of you. Yeah, and that's it. Also, check that out it? the boot page. The about page, the about oh, yes. page of the Good Robot Andes. You can, if you search the internet using your search engine of choice for the Good Robot Andes, you'll definitely find us. Dot, dot, go. Our website is artificialworlds.net slash goodrobotandes, all one word, no uppercase, no spaces. Yes. No underscores. No, no camel case, no camel case, no, none of no that. Camel case. <laughs> no camel case. No camel case. No camel case. No, 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 Yeah. But you're probably better just searching the internet for the Good Robot Andes. Yeah, um, or even definitely. iTunes probably, or some other. I think we'll be famous once um, once the once the new um, Bill and Ted movie comes out. <laughs> I wonder if it will yeah. feature the good robot usses. Yeah, I bet it won't. Maybe no one will ever get that reference. Every Just rose does. has a thorn. Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song. <laughs> <laughs> 
that film. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I kind of imagine the new version will be good. The new, I think it will be good. I think it'll probably be good. I just hope they can. I think Keanu needs to get his um, mojo back, doesn't he? <laughs> he? Needs to get back in that headspace. <laughs> I don't think you can have hair that floppy at his age. No, probably not. He's, but the thing is, he's got to get out of John Wick mode and back into... I don't know which one is which. Is he Bill he's S. Preston? Is Ted. he Ted Theodore Logan? I'm pretty sure he's Ted. I'm pretty sure okay. Ted. Okay, right. Ted Theodore Logan. And they are wild stallions. <laughs> they are wild stallions. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, you know why we've enjoyed this podcast? For that? No. <laughs> why is that? Because it's uh, in the it was, past. Um, big, it was uh, Big Jim Martin from Faith No More. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Trivia. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. I think that must I mean, be the it. end. That's going to be the end. Time. Yeah, thank you very much. Cheers. Goodbye.